You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. Uh, Mary, I have to start today with an apology. Uh, Not another one. Another one. This one's kind of different, and I feel... I got to tell you the truth. I feel really uh, badly about this. Yesterday, I made a cruel uh, and unkind joke about Senator Rob Portman of Ohio. And shortly after that, after here on the Sibling Talk Network, I made that joke. Senator Portman decided he just couldn't take it in the U.S. Senate anymore, that the atmosphere and the tone was just uh, uh, too rough and too cruel. And and I feel in some way that I may have had a part of driving this public servant out of office. Do you think? Uh, I'd love to think that Rob Portman was listening to Sibling Talk. That really would be awesome for me. But um, You don't think so? I, I, who knows? But you know, the thing is, you may not have been alone. Oh, I, that's possible. Others yeah. might have been saying this. I, you know, I think I've told, I've said many times, I voted for Portman. I've met Portman. He's a really, you know, seems like a pretty stand-up guy. So his behavior in the Senate over the last four years has been puzzling uh, to those of us, you know, who like know if I was crazy. He's a very conservative guy, honestly, you know, on policy matters. But he has always been moderate in tone and someone who understood government. He had lots of government roles and and seemed to be able to, or at least be willing to try to make things work for the good of the people as he saw it. And I respect that, regardless of what your political viewpoint is. So um, I just wonder how it is he came to that decision now, because. Now it seems like it's a moment for someone like Portman to find some common ground, to work together, to move the country forward, you know, work together with uh, Joe Manchins and uh, Susan Collins and all those other people who live in the center and would seem to have a lot of power in the Senate now. So why do you think he's resigning? Everyone's speculating about it. We might as well. Yeah, I... You know, I don't know. Uh, I am kind of struck all the time by the comments uh, a similar guy, Jeff Flake, uh, made when he decided not not to run again, a Republican. And Flake really pointed to, he said, I am not willing to do everything it takes uh, to run a campaign right now. Translate that, everything it takes to raise the money to run a campaign. Now, I don't know why he suddenly had this uh, uh, appearance from the Lord about this, because he's been doing that all the time that he's been been running for office. But I think what he's saying is, in today's Republican Party, you must cater to that extreme conspiratorial Trumpist right and witness the fact that uh, the people in Arizona who simply disagreed 
and did, simply did their job. Governor Ducey, for instance, just did their job, have just been censured. John McCain's wife, uh, his widow, has been censured. So anybody who is not absolutely towing the line in the Nazi Trump party is going to be censured. Now, the censure is out front, but you put that down deep and you sit down and start making phone calls to raise money in a state like Ohio, which Trump won and won pretty substantially, any little variance from the party line is going to not only cost you that money, it's going to get you a real tongue lashing. I, I think that's it for, for Portman. And Portman has something we don't think of much. We actually thought this was kind of strong for him, but it won't be in all of his people. Remember, they, Portman made a lot of news when he came out in favor of LGBT rights because his son is, is gay. I think I have that right. That's and, right. That's but exactly you know what? Right. For part of this Trumpist party, just that is enough of a sin, no matter what else he did did right. I don't know. What do you think? You're in Ohio. Yeah, um, I think there's a couple things. I think the um, the comparison to Flake is a good one. I mean, the interesting thing about Arizona is they do have two Repo uh, Democrat senators. So maybe that does speak to how the voters might accept you, but not the Republican voters. So I think if Portman had run again, had gotten the nomination and run again, he probably would have won. I mean, there'd be people like me that wouldn't vote for him again uh, based on his unwillingness and inability to stand up to Trump. On the other hand, it was rumored, and then these rumors started circulating again yesterday, that Jim Jordan was intending to run against him in the primary. I don't think it's the only primary challenge he had, but maybe in his mind, the most formidable. And if you're a Republican and you have to run against the Trumpiest of the Trumpies, which is Jim Jordan, maybe Portman said, I, I'm not going to sell my soul. I'm not going that far crazy as Jordan would force me to go. And, you know, there's just no way that I can win that primary without tacking so far. It's not even right. I mean, that's the thing. These terms that we use, right and left, they almost don't make sense anymore because I don't think of Jordan as being, um, you know, a far-right conservative. I just think of him as being a far-right wacko. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a big difference because, as I said earlier, you know, Portman is a pretty conservative guy on fiscal matters. Um, all his government term, you know, he served the Bush White House. He served as a congressman. And no one was ever going to say that that Rob Portman was a left-leaning Republican. No, not at all. So it, it may be, and I think Flake has said this as well, that he wasn't willing to sell his soul for his Senate seat. And that's something that I respected Flake for. And Flake, you know, um, again, a very conservative guy politically and on fiscal matters and all that, but also a principled person. So stepping back, if that is Portman's reason, and he didn't really say that, but if it is, then, okay, Rob, respect, because you don't want to sell your soul for your son. By the way, if it 
The thought of Jim yeah. Jordan, first of all, one of the things I said to many of my fellow Ohioans, the only goodness in this is the ability to vote against Jim Jordan will give me so much. Yeah, pleasure. absolutely. And for people who aren't certain who Jim Jordan is, tune in the Congress or hearings anytime. He's the guy who doesn't have a suit coat on. He's always there in shirts, right? <laughs> Which is to show he's a wrestling coach. Huh? Right, Jim? I, I mean, I yeah. always kind of want to call out to Jim and say, Jim, men's warehouse, you'll like the way you look. <laughs> and besides, you can get two coats, so... one and then two. So uh, while we're having a little fun uh, on Ohio, I mean, I hear... Tim Ryan, uh, Democratic congressman, who was actually a presidential uh, candidate. I think mm -hmm. he's from the Youngstown area. Is that? He is. He is. He's a he's a very, um, for anybody that knows that part of the state, I mean, talk about a part of the country that was really hard hit by the changes, NAFTA and all that. You know, when you when you think about the Rust Belt, that's a good place to think about. And if you drive into the cities that would be Warren and Youngstown, that used to be big, big steel, big manufacturing towns, and just area after area, the shuttered, huge factories, um, lots of issues with uh, unemployment and drug use. You know, the, the typical kind, not typical, I don't, I don't mean to be dismissive, but the pathologies of... Um, those parts of the country where industry has well, gone and away. they very heavy union, very union and union they time. keep getting hit. I mean, the problems with uh, the steel industry and the way Youngstown was cut apart, and it was really a steel steel town and, and a booming town at, at one point. Those go back many many years, but just recently the Ford plant, which is only a little bit outside of Youngstown, right, was shut down. Yeah, in Lordstown. Lordstown. And yeah. that was a huge plant. And I mean, really, if you wanted an example of what a lie Donald Trump told about how he was going to save American manufacturing, point to Lordstown, Ohio. Sure. And he went to Lordstown and said, you know, stay, your jobs aren't going anywhere. I promise you that. And I would expect a lot of those folks voted for Trump because it's kind of that blue collar Trump voter, you know, like had been Democrats became Reagan Republicans. That's the area, if, you know, if anybody's like trying to place it in uh, its cultural moment. And so, you know, people didn't move, they stayed. And then the plant basically closed. Um, and hundreds and hundreds of jobs, huge plant. It, and so it's, it's a, you know, it's a part of the, of the country, the part of the state that just seems to keep getting battled. Well, it, battered it does. And, battered. and I got to go back a little bit in history to their former Congressman, Jim Traficante. <laughs> and, I mean, if you want to ask, do people in Youngstown think Donald Trump is too weird to vote for? No, you got to go back to Jim Traficante, a wildly, uh, flamboyant guy, is that a good word, with incredible <laughs> yeah. hair. And he ultimately went to jail, right? To, on... Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind yeah. of a mob town or in the old way of looking at things. And and he was kind of a mob politician. So as, you know, things changed and that wasn't acceptable anymore. And I love the way you pronounce his name. I've always had a traffic, traffic camp, camp in, the, uh, in, the, in the northern Ohio that's dialect. Right. 
So Trapp- you're from Cleveland. That's right. Trafficant. You go from Trafficant. He went up to Ashtabula, and then he came down, and he was sitting next to the Cuyahoga River, up up on the roof. Because if you you're have, in Cleveland, it's, it's the roof. If it's funny you mentioned Travis Camp because I was thinking about another Ohio <laughs> congressman. This is like the Ohio edition of Sibling Talk, whose name was Steve Lachow. Awesome guy and who actually passed away five or six years ago yes. from cancer. But anyway, he held a spot that was, as you just described, like parts of Ashtabula, Lake County, like up where you used to teach. And, um, you know, really, really a, a good guy. And he gave up his uh, congressional seat, his House of Representatives seat, for much the same reason that uh, Portman is leaving. And he was like, it's, he, it, this was more the Tea Party thing, I think, like the beginning of the Obama years. But he was like, it's so divided. Nothing can get done here. It's so toxic, is really, I think, the way he looked at it. And Again, I'm a Democrat. I'm a proud Democrat. But I was very sorry to see that happen. Now, he was replaced by a guy who's named James Joyce, uh, James Joyce, Gabe Joyce, who was the uh, county prosecutor in Jaga, who uh, not everyone loves, but he's also a good guy. I've met him. You know, these are the House of Representatives is filled with people like this who want to represent their district. They want to do what's best. And they kind of got caught up in the in the Trump thing, and you couldn't go out too far on Trump. That is a huge, huge contrast to Jim Jordan, who's from a different part of the state, kind of over south of Toledo in a very gerrymandered district. And he's just all in, not just for Trump, right. but Trump is. It all raises the question. I agree we're kind of doing the Ohio episode, but it's got a national implication. Is what Rob Porton is saying, is what Jeff Flake, others are saying, that the Senate has become a totally dysfunctional governing body. And it's not that it was always that. As I think I pointed out in a previous episode, this use of the filibuster to freeze everything comes from the 1970s. It's more recent than that. The ability of uh, a majority leader like uh, uh, Mitch McConnell to one man, on his own. It's not the majority leaders weren't powerful. Look at Lyndon Johnson. Look at others. But I don't know that there is any comparison to McConnell's ability to freeze the Senate. Has this become a, go- a body that cannot govern? You know, it's so interesting. And I know we're going to talk about this a lot because I think it's like the most interesting political story of what's happening. But yesterday when McConnell was playing his games and you could hear was like parents on the sideline of a, a soccer game going, come on, come on, come on. You could hear the Democrats collectively saying, all right, Schumer, grow a pair. And he did. And he said to McConnell, you are not going to stop us. We have tools. And McConnell backed down. So McConnell's such a, a, a brilliant operator and always playing the long game. I think he realized that if he didn't, uh, stop the game he was playing on the Senate rules, that there was more to lose. And the more to lose is the filibuster once and for all. But I suspect that over the next, you know, six months or so, we will basically see the end of the filibuster because McConnell, that's the only tool he's got. And the Democrats cannot allow him to use that. They, I think they learned their lesson from 2009, where they let... Um, 
the minority, the Republicans, have more power than they were entitled to. Because at the end of the day, and I know we, we do, and that, I, the American people create gave the Senate they to did. Democrats, narrow margin, but that's what you know. But elections. It matter. is there, and we do have a lot more depth to go into that. I have to mention real briefly. People may not know, besides Mary Joe and I uh, communicating here, my brothers and sisters communicate kind of constantly on a text thread all day long. It's like we just chatter. And the chatter there on the Paulette uh, text thread is that the candidate for Portman's seat will be LeBron James. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) We'll talk more. Talk to you soon. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.